Welcome to the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast, where each week we speak with brands, icons, innovators, and trailblazers within the fly fishing industry, exploring both the successes and failures they've encountered along the way to become who they are today. But first, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast or joined our email list, please do so by going to the Fly Fisher Insider Podcast.com, where you can also find us on Instagram at Fly Fisher Insider Podcast. Now let's begin. Welcome to the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast. Today we're speaking with Caitlin Barnhart, a co-founder of the Mayfly Project. Mayfly Project is an organization that uses fly fishing to mentor children who are in foster care. Their mission is simple, to support children who are in foster care through fly fishing. Here today to tell us more about the Mayfly Project is Caitlin Barnhart. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. No worries. Uh, I'm excited that you're here. It's been a personal goal of mine to get you guys on the show as well. I love what you're doing over there and whatnot. But before we jump into all of what you, all the great things you are doing, can you uh, let the audience know or the listeners know who is Caitlin Barnhart? A little bit about your past and where your family and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, great. Yeah, I grew up in Northern California in uh, Northern Idaho, and I got my um, psychology degree from Pacific Lutheran University, and have always, you know, been outside fishing with my grandparents and. I was fortunate enough to fly fish, learn fly fishing at a lodge in Alaska that I worked there after college. Um, during college, I worked for CPS, transporting kids in foster care, and I also worked in juvenile detention. So when I first started fly fishing, it really became a sport that I could use to kind of relax from my crazy work in college situation. Um, so fly fishing really became a tool for me to use to decompress from my crazy life. And um, as I started in the mental health field, I just continued fly fishing and just realized how important fly fishing is and how essential it could be for kids to heal from trauma and to find rest from um, their difficult lives. So, um, yeah, so I live in North Idaho. I've got three kids. Um, I'm also an outdoor writer and I, yeah, I just fly fish as often as I can. And um, the Mayfly Project is I call it my fourth baby because it's so important to me and I'm super proud of it. So I'm excited to talk about it today. Sounds like you got your hands full as well. I know we were talking off air about going on as well. Um, and you have your hands full as well. <laughs> oh, so, for sure. Um, really quickly though, like North Idaho, what's your home waters? Just so I can kind of get an idea as to where exactly you are. Yeah, my I fish the North Fork of the Coeur d'Alene and the Clark Fork and the Kootenai the St. Joe, all these rivers up here, I consider my home rivers. Um, we're also right on Lake Ponderay as well, which is an amazing fishery too. Nice. I haven't fished uh, any of those places yet. Uh, I'd love to get down there and do that. So hopefully I can. Come on down. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. So so you mentioned that you got a, you grew up in a lodge in Alaska. And this uh, I did not know in my research and whatnot. Or, or you, you, got, you guided it. Like walk us through what, what happened up in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't grow up there just after college. Um, I have friends that had a lodge up there and I was trying to figure out, okay, what do I do now? Like after college and they invited me to come up there and just like work up there and help serve and that kind of stuff. I had never fly fished before that. And so my first experience fly fishing was in Alaska, which is ridiculous because you know, you don't even really need to know what you're doing, <laughs> but um, we would fish, you know, we'd fish all night long. So it was light out. And then 
we'd serve breakfast and then sometimes we'd get to go out with the clients if there was extra room on the plane um, based out of Iliamna. And so I got to fish like the Nooshkak. I got to fish like all these amazing fisheries in Alaska um, for my first summer uh, learning to fly fish. So um, from that point, I came back home to Idaho thinking I was awesome at fly fishing and then realized I sucked and didn't know anything. <laughs> so I really had to basically learn fly fishing again when I moved back to Idaho. But it was an amazing experience. Um, and yeah, I think about it every day. I just, Alaska is such an amazing place. Cool. Any plans to go back there anytime soon with the, the children? Um, always, um, when Jess Westbrook, my co-partner for the Mayfly mm-hmm. project, when we first started talking, he actually guided in Iliamna as well. And so Alaska is very dear to both of our hearts. Uh, so we definitely have plans in the future to bring up kids to Alaska, um, and to just, you know, have that be a, a place where we can have, um, educational opportunities for kids and also just to have that, um, time in, in the wilderness like that. It's super, it's so powerful. Awesome. I love it. We're going to get right into that as well. So, so yeah. basically like approximately like how many years after like you came back, you're, you're in North Idaho. When did you, you're sitting there casting on the, the riverbanks and you're trying to figure it out. And, uh, you're like, you know what, I need to start something in fly fishing due to your college education, all that sort of stuff. This was, this is what you chose the Mayfly project. But when did that start for you? When did it become real? Like you obviously, you know, we start thinking about things and then bang, Hey, I'm doing this. Like walk me through that moment. Yeah. Yeah. We, I first started taking kids in foster care fly fishing, um, probably five years after I graduated college and I was working with a specific kid that actually he, um, one of his behavioral goals for our case management was to find ways to cope with stress and to find ways to calm down. He had a lot of anger issues. And so, um, in my handbook, it said like, we're not allowed to take kids fishing. But in my mind, I was like, this is the best thing for him because it, it didn't say fly fishing. So surely I can take him. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I, we did a bunch of, I picked him up that morning. We did a bunch of other goals for our day. And then, um, I took him and just started practicing casting with him. And it was really awesome just to see him kind of light up and, and be excited and to just not be thinking about a lot of the things that he's stressed about during that time. And, so at that point, I was like, yes, like this is this is so important. Like just being able to see him light up and be excited um, was enough for me to realize like this is really an important tool for these kids. Um, no, I didn't. The insurance wouldn't let me claim that time with him. <laughs> you know, like I, I tried to say like, hey, this is all this stuff it's doing. But um, as far as like insurance and all that goes, like there's they do not support like fly fishing as a therapeutic tool. But I believe we're headed that way. Um, a lot of doctors are now prescribing like fly fishing for patients that have PTSD or other disorders. So I do think we're headed that way. Um, so at that time, I continued to work and started taking kids fly fishing on the side. Um, and then um, when and then I met up with Jess Westbrook about four years ago and he told me it was just through social media basically. And he said, Hey, I'm taking kids fly fishing in Arkansas. And I'm like, I'm doing the same thing. And so really when I talked to Jess is when I re kind of lit that dream of mine to kind of make it become something that we can um, do together and we can get kids out fly fishing. So that's 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely kind of cool. It's, it's always that how that that sparks, um, you know, that one that one kid you took out and you saw those positive results, like, and, and it just, it sparks something within you, which is kind of phenomenal, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So, and obviously having a background in, mm-hmm. in, and uh, like a, an, an education in that field, I'm sure you, you applied what, you know, what you knew from that into what you're doing with these children um, and whatnot. Can you walk me through how that transpired or how that kind of like how your education comes over into the to the mayfly project now we with the mayfly project we've built the program around um these main things as far as like conservation and then the mental health benefits of fly fishing for kids so um we've developed a curriculum that has those characteristics we call it characteristics of an angler because we don't want the kids to be overwhelmed with all the mental health technology but uh, or terminology, I mean. That's, that's really cool. Um, so we, by the way, that's yeah. it's really cool, like as, as a nurse. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so every time we're out, we have our mentors trained to basically kind of point things out. So, like, um, how did you guys feel when you were fly fishing? Like, did you guys, were you thinking about all the things that you're stressed about? Like, did you notice, like, when you were frustrated tying that knot, that when you actually got through that knot, you felt good about yourself? And um, how did you feel when you caught that fish and everybody was running over, like celebrating with you? Um, so we do try really hard to point out like all of the benefits of time outdoors for one, just like the mental health of, you know, benefits of being outdoors. And um, and then also just time with those mentors uh, is super important. So um, my drive when I joined the Mayfly Project was to really bring the mental health benefits out and into the world and to also um, encourage other people like to get into fly fishing too for that reason. Um, and then also just to bring awareness, like because of my background with foster children, I know how little of an opportunity they have to get outdoors and to be with positive mentors that aren't trying to press them to reach certain goals and that kind of stuff. So we, yeah, when I joined the Mayfly Project, I was like, this is going to be so awesome just to get this awareness about foster kids as well beyond fly fishing definitely really cool you know in the mental health aspect like you know the the way that you guys are shifting that like you still have the components there but the way you're projecting it differently as opposed to like medical terms is just you know so good on you and i mean um that's all these kids here medical you know jargon and this and diagnosis and whatnot where now you've just done it in a fun but different way so um a couple of things you mentioned there was uh mostly about like um, mentors and teams and whatnot. Who's on the team at Project May, uh, Mayfly? Can you can you share with us some of the people that are involved? Yeah. Yeah. So Jess Westbrook is the founder of Mayfly Project. And then him and I, we, we started talking and um, at that point on the phone, because he's in Arkansas and I'm in North Idaho. And we started talking and we're like, could we turn this into a national program? Like, could we do this? And so after many months of talking and networking and talking to various mentoring groups and fly fishing groups, we came up with the National Mayfly Project Program. So um, Jess and I work very hard on Mayfly Project. We do a ton of stuff. Um, And then we've added Heather Sees. She helps us out of Colorado and um, helps us with some fundraising. And then we've added Molly Simpkins. She helps us with some media and helps us put on events. Um, And then we also have 
a bunch of our board members that are awesome. And then we also do have some other team members that help us with like checking references and um, making sure that we're providing the safest mentors for um, the kids we work with. So um, it definitely takes a village and it's definitely, we have an amazing team. Like everybody is, understands our mission and is, um, we're all working so hard just to take Mayfly Project to the next level. And it's been really amazing to just see it grow and to meet so many awesome people across the country. I think we have over 300 mentors wow. now across the country. So it's pretty amazing. And I know a lot of people definitely want to get involved with that as well. So, which we'll, again, we'll talk about that. Let's look at it from a kid's point of view. For, um, walk me through what, like a, how a kid signs up or how, if the parents sign them up, like how does that all, how is that all, like, do you reach out to them? Like, how does a kid get a rod in its ha- their hands and get to fish. Walk me through how that whole process works. Yeah. So we network in our local communities to try and find the kids to mentor. Honestly, sometimes that's the hardest part of our project because the kids are so protected. So we um, work with CASA groups. We work with caseworkers, health and welfare, um, sometimes teachers. We kind of go through every avenue possible to reach these kids so that we can get them out. But um, we have them sign up through their caseworker or we also work with a lot of group homes because with group homes, we found um, they're excited to get the kids out doing outdoor activities. So, um, yeah, so we have a permission form and the adult in their lives signs them up and and commits to transporting them and all that. So, yeah, so that's kind of how we get started. And then, sorry, is the adult, they transport them to, to the location of where you guys are going to go fishing? Yes. Yes. Usually we'll have, when we work with the group homes, it's nice because they'll transport the kids and then they're also there with the kids. So um, we're there to just have fun with them. And then we have the staff there to also help with the kids. So um, we also have some projects where the foster parents transport the kids and the foster parents uh, hang around or are there too, if we need them. So our goal is for the kids to feel completely comfortable with the situation, emotionally and physically safe. So we try mm-hmm. to do everything we can to provide that. So a lot of the times we'll have the staff there until the kids are comfortable with us and understand our safety rules and all that. Yeah. So it's it's been real. It's really it's worked really well, like our system, because sometimes we'll have foster parents there that'll actually get involved as well and we'll end up teaching them how to fly fish, which, which means like they'll end up taking their foster kid fly fishing too. So there's a lot of, yeah. That was my next question. I was going to ask if that transitioned over to uh, to becoming now a family affair and whatnot, which is kind of cool. I mean, because then, yeah. then it's not a one-time thing, if it is a one-time thing, but it's just, you know what I mean? At least now it's like, hey, let's encourage it. We can do this together and, and build that family unity as well. So again, really cool, really cool. So. Thank you. Yeah. You, you know, before I move on to another topic, I want to talk about the, you know, the early day challenges. You know, everything sounds great with what you're doing, but I am willing to bet, uh, you know, my paycheck here that everything that you build so far did not come without its challenges. Can you walk us through a few of those challenges that you, you might have faced earlier on? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're still in the challenges. We always will be, but um no, we, it's taken just so much time and dedication, honestly, like, um, Jess and I both have other jobs. And so when we first started, I, I was work. I'd work like during the day and then I'd come home, I'd get my family all taken care of. And then I'd work till at least midnight every night on Mayfly Project, just processing mentors, like just making sure that we're, you know, building all of our handbooks and, um, we do everything, um, big. So we want to make sure that everything is 
is going perfectly. And so it takes a lot of work to just network and talk to people and, and really to just sell people at the beginning on what we were doing as far as like these kids like need us. That was the first step was like these foster children, they need, they actually like need us to step up and fill this gap that is missing. Um, and then after that, our goal is obviously like training all of our mentors and making sure that we're providing the safest and most fun projects possible. So um, yeah, so definitely early on, just trying to get, um, that awareness of what we were doing and then also just proving to the fly fishing community and everyone that um, we're following through on this and that we're actually changing kids lives and um, we're it's you know the ball is rolling and so those early times are definitely difficult just getting all that going <laughs> but um, now we're going on to our fourth year fifth year and um, it's just really cool to just see all the different people and companies that are coming together to support Mayfly projects so it's been a, it's been an amazing ride, but it's, it's been super fun. And um, working with Jess, like we were first strangers when we first started working together. And um, now I've met his, you know, our families are friends and um, he's like one of my best friends ever. He's so good. He's just so good at what he does with the Mayfly project. And we just work really well together. Like he handles mostly the business side and, um, and then I'm more, I work mostly with the mentor side of things. So it's been awesome to just see it all kind of come together. It's been amazing. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you guys have a great work relationship there and, and it's what's making it so successful um, and whatnot. And it, and it allows mm-hmm. you guys to focus in different areas to cover different ground, which is super important as well. Mm-hmm. But I know, you know, speaking of focus, I know you said you've been focused, um, you guys have been going for four years now and you've been going strong for four years. How is the project getting new uh, participants? Like, how are you how are you expanding is kind of what i'm is exactly what i'm trying to ask you yeah well we we've expanded just naturally honestly like we've never asked anybody to put on a project we've never um tried to track down lead mentors um we have mm-hmm. we get emails and calls from people that are excited about what they're doing and they'll say hey like how can we bring this to where we're at and um, at that point, we go through an interview process and all types of processes, and um, we build a project with with those that we choose, basically. So, and then once the lead mentors are in place, and it's their job to kind of find mentors who join their team, uh, and we help. You know, Kaylin, yeah. Kaylin, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you there. I'm gonna ask you this. So, like you said, working with people or lead mentors or, and whatnot. Like, how does one become mm-hmm. a lead mentor? Like, walk us through that whole process. Like, let's say I wanted to start a. Uh, I mean, I'm in different countries, so I don't know if that's going to work. But let's say I was in in the United States, right? And I wanted to start my mm-hmm. own like Project Mayfly or my project. Like, how how would we go about doing that? Like, do we mm-hmm. reach out to you? Walk us through that process, in case any listeners are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So we're only starting five projects a year now just because we've grown so quickly. So um, building a new project is a little bit competitive now. So in order to start a project, you would first send me an email or you can submit an application on our website that says um, there's actually an application for starting a new project. And then once that application comes to us, then Jess and I set up a call and we'll talk with you about you know, what does this actually mean? Like, what is our purpose and goals? And like, we get to know each other because there is a lot of communication that goes on with the project build. So we get to know each other and then we um, check references and we do all kinds of checks. And then at that point, we will either, we'll choose your project if that's going to be the one that we're going to start. And then we work with you to build that project. Um, We have like lead mentor training materials. We have videos 
Um, we do lead mentor calls every month too to train our lead mentors and make sure everybody is moving forward in the correct way. So um, yeah, and then I work with all of our lead mentors to find kids to mentor too, because in every state, the foster care system is so different. Um, and I'm sure in Canada yeah, too. Yeah. So we work with them to try and figure out like, what are the systems there? Like, where are the kids and, and how can we make this work? So it definitely takes a lot of work and communication and community involvement to get a project going. Um, so it's, but yeah, once it's up and running and we get to see the kids, we get pictures of the kids fishing and all these amazing stories. Like it is so, it is amazing. It's so cool to just see it all come together. I, I, no, it totally, make, it totally makes sense. I just, I just picture a lot of red tape that, that you are crossing and, and going through and, and working hard and advocating and being a voice for these children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just, I just picture that. And unfortunately it's, you know, it's not as easy as someone thinks. So now I, I kind of get why you only do five projects a year um, because, of the, because of the dedication on that. So well, let me, how many, how many children, um, well, I, I love facts. So how many children yeah. to date, how many children to date have gone through the project, um, through the program total uh, in the four years? Mm-hmm. And how many children do you, you know, usually see annually on your projects? Yeah, I'd love to know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, by 2020, because we still have some projects that are wrapping up um, through the end of November. So we'll have reached 500 kids in foster care Perfect. by 2020. Wow. Yeah. And so in every year, because we're adding projects and then the projects from previous years are continuing. So we do like, for example, in Colorado, we had four projects this last two years. So um, every year, every state, every project is one project. So, um, yeah. So every year our numbers are growing. Um, We started out with 25 kids mentored and Mm -hmm. this year we've mentored 200 um so yeah it's it's definitely growing quickly and um yeah it's it's great to see all these kids getting out and um like i said we have over 300 mentors now because we have a one-to-one mentor ratio per kid so we want to make sure every kid has their own mentor to learn fly fishing and to just get that that attention as well mm-hmm. um so we have safety policies policies around that as well so every kid has their own mentor, but we're also in groups teaching and learning together. Okay. okay. So, and that's actually their favorite part is the group. Right? Obviously, fly fishing and catching fish, but their other favorite part is just having their own mentor there um, to get that attention and somebody there to encourage them. And you know, a lot of times when kids are in group ho- group homes like that, they don't get that one on one attention. Yeah. yeah. So that's, we oh. we definitely love that about the Mayfly Project because sometimes we'll have way more mentors than we have kids, um, which is really unique for nonprofits actually. Cause a lot, a lot of times it's really hard to find mentors to work with kids. And so, um, some of, yeah, it's, it is pretty neat to see all these adults just taking time off on their weekends to help these kids. And it means so much to them too, to just see all these people there. Absolutely. So I was going to ask you, is there an age range an average age range for the, for the kids that come through? Like, yeah, we do. Yeah, we work with kids over nine is our typical age range. Um, we've had the most success with teenagers, obviously, because it becomes, um, in some way, it turns into their identity in sometimes. And 
um, becomes something they they can really latch on to. Like we've had stories of kids getting off work and running to the lake, you know, to go fly fish. It's like that what they do now and which we love to hear those stories. Um, but the younger kids, uh, they love it too. Like they just love, they're not as crazy about the actual fishing part. Like a lot of the times we're looking at bugs, like we're throwing rocks, like we're meeting them where they're at, but they're still having a really awesome time outdoors and um, they still learn all about fly fishing. But the older kids definitely grasp it quicker, obviously, and it becomes something special to them. Has any, do you have this statistic, has any like person that's gone through your program turned around and become a mentor yet? Um, not yet, but we do have some kids that have joined us for a second year. Um, okay. We've had some kids in Arkansas that have gone on to like the TU camp, conservation camp in Virginia. Um, and are actually, one of them is going to go into like a, a field of conservation for education, just based off wow. of his experience with Mayfly Project. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah. And that is kind of the harder part about Mayfly Project is because, um, a lot of the kids, they move on, you know, they either move back home or other places. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't get a ton of information back. But the cool thing is we'll have a mentor call us and say, hey, guess who I saw on the river today? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, they're out there fly fishing. Like, that's amazing. So we're how does that feel? Like, how, how does that feel when you get that call? Like, tell me. How oh, that my feels. goodness. Yeah, it's the best thing in the whole world because um, we're, we're so like head down working so hard that. Um, when we get those calls, it's just like fuel for us. It's just like, oh yeah, like this it? is, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Or we get um, mentors or lead mentors will send us like quotes and things that they heard from the kids. And like one of the kids recently has said, this is like the best day I've ever had in my life, you know? And that quote to yeah. me is like that. It just reaffirms everything that we're doing and how important it is that we get these kids out. Wow. Just so cool. Super cool. You know what, Caitlin, sounds like you guys have got like so many goals and whatnot and some positive outcomes. What are some other goals that you, you the projects would like to accomplish going forward? Um, we have several goals. Um, we always have to slow down, slow down because we have so much we want to accomplish. So we're definitely uh, in a phase right now of stabilizing all of our projects and um, looking for more further funding opportunities so that we can have our staff, you know, being able to work full time and that kind of stuff. Um, so with as far as goals like fundraising, networking in our local communities and further um, trying to get out into the world, like what we're doing and why it's important. And um, and we eventually would love to have like a scholarship situation for kids in foster care to go on to college for a conservation minded field we have so much we'd like to accomplish so um but yeah we Jess and I are both dreamers so we're always thinking of ways that we can help foster kids and um so we we're trying to keep it very um narrow right now so we can just stabilize what we're doing and make sure that all of our projects are getting everything they need Um, so yeah we're working on right now some trauma-informed care um, training. And um, we also have a part of our program where we help kids find adoptive homes. So we shoot videos with them doing like some fly fishing expedition. So we've had, I think, four kids adopted from some of our videos that we've made. So um, that's another goal of ours is to do more videos to get more kids adopted. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wow. No, it's, it's like it's a lot to take in. I mean, you know, most people the, their average goals is oh, I want to go travel somewhere. But I mean, you guys are you're, you're saving lives <laughs> in, in a way. Thank right? you. Yeah, it is so fun. And then also, I forgot to mention we do like our conservation initiative. Um, the last two years, we've been working with some environmental scientists and um, trying to figure out the best way to educate the kids that are in our care on taking care of the environment and just building that connection for conservation purposes. So um, we have Mm -hmm. a new like incentive button incentive program. So the kids, if they clean up a river or help protect against invasive species, they get to earn a button. Um, And we have, it's all in our curriculum. So we walk them through that. So our goal is for them to, you know, also like join in a cycle of healing, I call it just because when they Uh, see it, how many buttons, Oh, good. How many buttons are there? Um, I think. How many buttons are there? Yeah, I think we have ten. Not like nothing. That's like well, <laughs> yeah, because it's like a whole program in itself, right? Like that—that's a whole program yeah. in itself that you guys. Yeah, we have. Well, they like, earn a button if they tie a fly to, or if they tie a knot, or learn casting, or we have a button that says "I love bugs." Basically, if they learn to, um, you know, check out yeah. microinvertebrates, that kind of stuff, and. Uh, yeah, so it is. It's really we just rolled that out this year, so it's been a really awesome addition to the program because the Super kids cool. love to get those buttons. And um, of course, they, of course they do. Yeah. Of course they do. It's yeah. Really cool. yeah. And wow, it's wow. Yeah. So it's been really neat to see that um, because we want the kids to know also just like the environment is theirs and like these public lands. Mm-hmm. When the kids learn that these are lands that they places they can go, like for a foster kid to know there's a place they can go is super powerful. Like it's a place that they, it can be theirs. You know, if they take care of it and fall in love with it, like it's their place. So um, that's another goal of ours too, is just to make sure that connection is being built there Um, because that's our home. Like Jess Mm -hmm. and I always talk about like rivers are our home, wherever we go, like we're look, we're Googling, like where's the nearest river, (laughs) you know, like where can we fish? Um, And so for foster kids to kind of identify with, um, and connect with rivers and, and places they can fish. I think it's huge for foster children. Well, it's absolutely huge. And like you said, a place that they can go, a place that they can feel comfortable and themselves at is 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 like, you know, half half the battle right there, believe it or not, especially especially mm-hmm. in the mental health aspect as well. So, you know, um, the fly fishing industry is known to be extremely generous and affiliated with sponsorships and donations of goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anyone in the industry that, you know, that has like, I, I'm sure there's more than one um, people in the industry that have helped you out that we could like talk about or is it just everyone in general? Yeah. Let's, let's get on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, one of our biggest partners is Cortland. They've helped us with um, tons of fly fishing gear and, have always kind of stepped up when we've mm-hmm. needed them to donate gear or provide us a discount. Um, and then we work with, um, you know, Native, Smithfly, TFO, Adipose, Flyvines, mm-hmm. um, Compass 360 is like a waiter company and they've helped donate waiters for some of our kids. And um, Holly Flies is another great, um, they donate flies for some of our events and um, yeah, and Bass Pro Shops. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> um, and you're right, like the fly fishing industry has been very supportive of the Mayfly Project and excited about what we're doing. So, um, and then beyond that, just as far as like the the women's 
group support group has been mm-hmm. awesome too. Like or- Orvis fifty fifty, like Jen Ripple, Jerry Meyer, Heather Hodson, a lot of these Mariendos are a lot of these ladies that are have been um you know, trying to get more women into fly fishing. That's another part of the Mayfly project too that I'm really proud of is we do get a lot of girls out fly fishing. Like we have on our teams, we we try to have mm-hmm. um, 50-50 like men and women just because the kids, you know, it's cool for um, the kids to see, you know, women out fishing too. So um, yeah, there's been a, amazing support and um, we always say it takes the village because it really does. Like we couldn't do it without the support of all these um, companies and organizations that are really helping us and Trout Unlimited as well. Um, we've had several TU groups in local towns like help us sponsor a kid or, you know, provide waiters or tying materials. So um, yeah, it's definitely been amazing to see. Yeah, it sounds like it. it sounds like you do have that village behind you and whatnot. So, but let me ask you right now, how can... Uh, someone get involved with you guys right now and in what way could they help you out right now um even the podcast how could we help you out how could a listener who's sitting there hearing your story hearing these amazing accomplishments that you have done say hey i want to get involved i want to help out i want to i want to get back i want to i'm for this cause how could i do that right now instantly walk us through Mm -hmm. that yeah yeah so we need help with mentoring obviously like i can you know you can get on our website and see where we have projects but um, we also need help just sponsoring kids to be in the program so it costs 780 per kid to join the mayfly project so our goal for next year is to have as many children sorry how much does it cost again so um um 780 and so yeah so we've had companies that have said like i want to sponsor a kid and so then um, yeah, you can do that. Like companies can sponsor, families can sponsor a kid, come together and sponsor a kid to be in the project. Um, and then we also just any fundraising opportunities. We're always looking for foundations to connect with too that would love to support what we're doing. And um, we're always just looking to network with other companies and organizations that care about foster children too. So um, yeah, yeah. I think just networking and and bringing in um, support is huge for us and just sharing what we're doing as well is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, we do take gear donations as well, like as far as waiters, um, that kind of stuff too, that we can, um, use. And then we have some auctions as well that we run throughout the year to try and raise funds. So we just completed our one fly event, but next year we're looking for donations of items and trips and that kind of stuff to um, support those options. and that's and that could be through like lodges or, or just anyone reaching out to you guys saying hey i have a trip can we auctions is there is there a specific yeah. time that you auction stuff off or is it like you know every may like what walk us through that yeah we usually kick off our one fly event around may um it's foster care awareness month and so we try to kick it off then and it goes until september our, our one fly auction. Um, but we do have several other events that we have that we need auction items as well. So we have a two fly tournament coming up end of October. Um, and there'll, there'll be auction items there as well. Cool. So, um, the bigger they get, we get the more auctions we're having and fundraising opportunities across the country. So we're always looking for support and people that want to get. Involved. And I noticed when I was on your website, you have merchandise as well. I saw a nice picture or a sticker of you that is sold out. But um, 
<laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I thought I bring, I thought I bring that up. I just, I saw that. I'm like, well, what type of coworkers would do that? You must have a good environment. So, um, oh, we do. Yeah, we give each other. I bet. I bet. So you're gonna have to turn that around on someone else. But um, I noticed you had some stickers and a few other items for sale. No, the proceeds of that go towards the children as well, or is it just towards the project in general? Um, that goes towards the project, which goes mm-hmm. towards the children. Yeah. Yeah, we have um, shirts and all kinds of stuff. We also have a benefit rod that we did Mm -hmm. with TFO that will be coming out soon. Um, It's got a Mayfly Project logo on it, and it's, um, yeah, it's an awesome rod. So, yeah, we're always finding ways to build. We're going to be building that as well the next year, just adding cool swag and all kinds of stuff. So, um, Mayfly Project gear, and we try and come up with new stickers as well. So nice. Does the is the logo have any symbolicness to it, or is there anything I, we should know about the logo? Um, Andrew Larko did our logo. It was um, just was you know just thinking he'd take kids fly fishing in Arkansas at that oh. time. And he really wanted a cool logo. <laughs> um, so he reached out to Andrea Larko and she came up with that awesome Mayfly um, logo, which actually is what I saw on Facebook. And I asked her what this was for because I was so drawn mm-hmm. to it. And she said, oh, it's this guy in Arkansas that's taking kid, foster kids fly fishing. And I, I messaged her and I was like, can you please put me in touch with this guy? Like, I need to talk wow. to him. <laughs> so the logo, the logo is important to us just because it's kind of brought, you know, us together and kind of where the Mayfly Project sprung out the national. Is that how you guys met? Like through, through social media? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just through, through Andrea yeah. Larko with the, the logo actually. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. I messaged him and I said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And then he said, I need to talk to you on the phone. And then I think we talked for two hours, I think the first time. And, um, and then just kept, you know, we were just, we were speaking the same language, everything we were saying, we're like, yeah, this is is what I'm doing. (laughs) So that's kind of how it, it sprung out as far as our national. Super cool. Super cool for sure. So how important is social media to, uh, to your brand then? It's super important. Um, I would say, 90% 90% of our mentors and lead mentors have come from Facebook or Instagram because they see what they're doing and they share it with their friends and it comes back to us. So that's, that's actually my favorite question when I start talking to new mentors because mm-hmm. um, I, Jess and I interview every single mentor that joins the Mayfly project. And um, I always say, Hey, how'd you find out about us? And it's always like social media usually. So um, yeah, and social media and then just trade shows or different shows that we try to go to. We get most of our money. And what are some of the ways you guys are advertising? Are, are you advertising on social media at all or is it not really? Is it more just like pictures of on the river and a great day and a great event? Yeah, we're, we're not advertising. We just we have our Facebook page mm-hmm. basically that we update and trying to provide as much information as we can. Um Sometimes it's hard because we cannot take pictures of the majority of the kids course, that we yeah, work course, with. Yeah. So we try to find creative ways to let the world know like what we're doing and all of that. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're still pretty young as far as um, we're built, you know, so focused on building the project that are as far as like marketing and really trying to go after, you know, target sponsoring and all that. We we're still young. So we're headed mm-hmm. that way. But. Um, yeah, we just naturally, a lot of our following and all that has just become naturally as far as people just sharing and, and telling their friends to join us. Cool. Let me ask you this. Yeah. I got a, I got a few questions. Mm-hmm. I'm just, 
if money was no object for you guys, what would you like to ha- see happen for this dream of yours and, and for this project? Like, if money was no object, sky's the limit. What would you like to see happen? I would love to see just more kids out fishing, honestly. Um, I'd love to have also um, have something for specific for kids that are aging out of foster care as far as like trips mm-hmm. for them. Um, and I'd love to have an opportunity. Um, it's in our the near future, hopefully, but we'd like to have events where we get together with all of our lead mentors and do training and you know, get to meet everybody and go out to all of our projects to be a part of those. So, um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's so much we could do. (laughs) Um, and it is, yeah, it would would be amazing. So, um, I think beyond just like stable, getting our projects further stabilized and stuff, I think also with more money, we could provide better experiences for the kids or, or improved experiences for the kids too. Um, like getting more kids out doing the fly fishing mm-hmm. videos and just putting more effort into trying to help find foster families and find um, forever families for kids that are up for adoption you know, too. Um, so, and just to bring a voice, I'd love to, I think if we had further funds, we could help bring a voice to the world for these foster children that are going through such a chaotic time um, for them to be able to, find their identity in fly fishing and to just um, be a part of that community. Absolutely. Um, You know, you guys just, you you are dreamers, but I think it's all doable. Um, In fact, I know it's doable. It's just, it just sounds so amazing. So, you know, with that said, I know you, um, you know, you have so much energy and passion in your voice and I can see it on my, my audio spiking up when you're talking here about this project. So it's just funny. Like, where do you get this energy from? (laughs) Oh, I just, it's, just amazing like I just love what we get to do like it's such an honor to get to do this and I'm so passionate obviously about fly fishing but um I'm the one that gets to see like all the pictures of the kids out having a wonderful time and um and that it's just it really does provide a lot of energy for me because I believe so much in what we're doing and I believe that foster kids need this so um yeah, and I mean, I've, I've worked with so many foster kids in my life, but um, for them to see the world kind of responding to their need to be outdoors, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like a door opening for me, and it's super exciting. So, yeah, I get very excited. <laughs> is, is your own family, like, are your kids, do they get involved as well, or? Yeah, yeah. My husband is very supportive, obviously. He puts up with yeah. a lot of um, late nights and all kinds of stuff. He's amazing. Um, and my um, kids like to fly fish too. In the last project I did, I included them as well. Um, I have three kiddos, and so I kind of would rotate them through. So I'd bring whichever kid wanted to go. But um, and they love it. Like they they have so much fun with the kids too, and um, they try to make it special as well for the the foster kids too. So. Um, we will like sometimes we'll build a fire and make s'mores mm-hmm. and we try to find creative ways to just make the experience really fun so i love having my kids involved in it because it's it's something they like to do too and we get to do it as a family so um yeah i love it it's and my my mom is also very supportive she helps me with my kids and stuff too when i have to travel for my fi project events um and then my sister kyla does a lot of our photography up here and so it's definitely a family affair. Mayfly Project has just become something we we all do together, and 
and that goes for Arkansas as well. Like Jess's family is huge, like such great supporters and they help us like with packaging and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. So it's great. Yeah. Crazy. You know what, Caitlin, your story is so inspiring already. Do you have any last words for our listeners? Um, no, thank you so much for, yeah, just listening about the Mayfly Project. And um, we do have several new projects that are coming up this next year. The five projects that we've chosen are going to be, we're going to have our first um, salt project in Florida. Um, we've got another project in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Ohio, um, another project in Missouri, Southwest Virginia, West Michigan, uh, New Mexico. Those are going to be some of our newer projects. Awesome. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities to get involved and um, help us support foster kids. So we couldn't do it without everyone's support. So we really appreciate it. Perfect. And if someone wanted to get involved or just to look you guys up in general, where would they go to? Yeah, our website is just themayflyproject.com. Um, and then on Instagram, we're just at the Mayfly Project. And you can email me, Caitlin, K-A-I-T-L-I-N, at the Mayfly Project, or Jess, J-E-S-S. So, um, yeah, just we get emails all the time with people that just want to chat and hear what we're doing and um, or that want to talk about starting a project. Um, we have been talking with someone in Canada about starting a project in 2021 as well. So we're hoping to get to Canada eventually. <laughs> I really hope you yeah. do too. But in, in the meantime, Canadians, you can support south of the border and that's fine. So absolutely, <laughs> right? You know, there's no point in waiting. Let's just get <laughs> yeah. on it. So for sure, that's what's actually going to drive you up here. Is yeah. if, it's, if the success awesome. is down there, it's going to come up here across the border, which is exactly what we want. So, you know, Kaylin, you, you know, you've inspired myself. You, you inspired, you know, 500 other kids. You've done so much. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, for being a guest here. It's such a great interview. So there's so much to learn from you guys. So I know we're actively going to get involved with you somehow or some way on a, on a level. Um, I'm just trying to, my wheels are turning. So that's my commitment to you guys for sure. So I do want to thank you for being on the show. I'm going to make sure I put all your contact details in our show notes. I definitely want to thank the listeners as well. So thank you guys for uh, listening to the Fly Fishing Insider <laughs> podcast. Make sure you reach out to Caitlin if you are interested in uh, getting involved with the project. Or, or learning more about the project. So, all right. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much, Greg, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.